0: Thanks for listening to the latest BamaInsider.com podcast. Today, we got Steve Sarkisian's press conference from Tuesday, August 18th. Sarkisian talks about a recent health scare. He also talks about a very talented offense returning to the 2020 season. We have tons of coverage on BammitInsider.com right now. Now is a perfect time to become a subscriber. Remember, when you're checking out free 30 days, the promo code is simply RollTide at checkout. Here's Steve Sarkisian talking about the 2020 season. Hey good afternoon everybody. Um, I'd just like to say how excited I am to be back. you know how excited how great it is to be back on the field with our guys. Um, we obviously have a, a, a very talented roster, um, one of which that is working extremely hard and wants to be champions. We've got a great staff. It's awesome to be back uh, with our entire offensive staff and the continuity we have there. and obviously being back with Coach Saban, and his drive and motivation pushes all of us so, um, like I said, it's great to be back in the field. It's only been two days, um, but so far so good and love the work ethic that we're seeing so far from the guys. Okay, with that, we'll start with Brett Hey coach, I'm, I'm curious what having an experienced offensive line does for you as a play caller. Like how does that open up possibilities for you to know exactly what you're getting out of that group? Well, I mean, we obviously have an abundance of, uh, of experience up front. Um, when you start talking about Deontay Brown, Landon Dickerson, uh, Alex Leatherwood, um, Chris Owens, Evan Neal, um, th- those guys have played a lot of football. And I think one of the things that comes out of it is the communication factor. Those guys can communicate really well with one another up front. I think, too, their communication to us as coaches, they've seen a lot of football, uh, they know some of the issues the defense is presenting, and so uh, making the proper adjustments that way. Um, and then thirdly, I think from a game plan standpoint, I, I think you know when you have a veteran group, you know you can you can do some subtle tweaks, you can do some things with those guys. Um, that maybe you couldn't do with a younger group just from an inexperienced standpoint. So all in all, these guys are battle-tested. They've been in a lot of big games. They've competed against the best opponents. Um, so we've got a lot of faith in them, and we're fortunate. Um, I know, you know I've been in seasons where we haven't had uh, such a veteran offensive line. So with this group of guys, um, you know, we're looking forward to those guys being the bell cows in the run game and the pass game, and from a leadership standpoint offensively. Sorry sorry about that, I just had to unmute there. You had a little bit of a health scare this summer um, just that came out with a statement about the surgery. Just what was the story behind that and and what might be important about fans to know about early detection on that issue? Well, I'll tell you what, um, I think first and foremost, it's one of the values of being at uh, University of Alabama. Um, You know, we do an extensive executive physical and uh, Coach Saban is the one that really promotes that. Um, And, you know, For me, going and doing the physical, you think you know, being 46 years old, it's kind of ho hum. You go do do all the tests, and they detected something in my heart. um, Through further tests, uh, recognized that hey, we might have to do even further tests, and we did that. And you know, they had to have surgery. And I I think, for the most part, you know, Dr. Richardson was fantastic who I dealt with. Um, You know. I think what comes out of it is we never know how healthy, how sick, we can feel great, I felt great. And at the end of the day, I had to have open heart surgery. And you know, you just try to surround yourself with the best people, Um, you take advice. Coming out of that surgery, I've just tried to follow the protocol A from my doctor and what I needed to do was the steps. This week is gonna be eight weeks out on Thursday. Um, And then the protocols here at the university. Um, I don't know if there's anybody that kind of abides by the the COVID rules that we have here more than me. Um, But I think all in all, I feel great, I feel healthy. Um, It allowed me to lose some weight. So I feel good about that, a little lighter on my feet at practice. Um, But all in all, uh, very fortunate that I had that physical, very fortunate I had a great doctor to do the surgery and all the people surrounding me. Um, And at the end of the day, um, you know, life goes on. I feel very good. Hey, Sark, you got a a great stable of running backs with Najee and Brian and Trey and Keelan and and those freshmen coming in. As an experienced play caller, how many can you realistically work into a rotation and keep guys fresh while also keeping them in rhythm? Well, you know, I think last year was probably one of the first times around here where we leaned so much on one back the way we leaned on Najee, especially kind of the, the last two thirds of the season. Um, I think ideally we would like to have a little bit more rotation so that Najee is maybe a little bit more fresh into the second half. Um, We always felt like, man, it's been how many ever carries and we like to throw the ball to the back. And so it's not always the carries, it's the catches too. So I think there is is a, a fine line in finding that rhythm. For kind of your lead runner, but also your complementary backs, um, whether it's the third series of the game and giving them the series, or special situations, maybe third down where a certain guy can go in and and utilize his talents. Um, but there definitely is a rhythm for the lead runner, but there's also a rhythm for the complementary backs. And um, you know, with Brian Robinson, Trey Sanders. Um, Some of our younger players that are that have really shown me some stuff here in the first couple of days Um, We're obviously very fortunate to have Najee come back for for a senior season But the experience Brian Robinson brings the explosiveness Trey brings and then when you start talking about Roy Dell Jace um, And Kyle Edwards, you know, we've got a pretty good stable of backs all do all a little bit different And so our job is to find the things that those guys do well And then when it is their turn to go in the game to make sure we're putting them in position to have some success OK, next we'll go with Cecil Hurt. Cecil, go ahead. Hi, Coach. Uh, this is Cecil Hurt at Tuscaloosa News. Can you hear me OK? Yes, sir. How you doing? OK, great. Great. Good to talk to you again. Um, I guess I'll ask the quarterback question. You have a quarterback who's had some game experience, who's won a bowl game. Um, you have one, at least among your scholarship guys, who, who – um, been in the system for a year and then you have one who early enrolled but there was no spring so with with mac with paul and with with bryce young how does that affect their development and what have you seen from them so far well i guess i'll I'll start with mac um i think first and foremost there's nothing like game experience and um although we try to get our backups in games and that is something coach saban has done historically I think Mac got kind of thrown to the fire in the Tennessee game, if we remember. And I think if you look back, and Mac will be the first one to tell you, a little bit of shock and awe getting thrown into that game and took a couple hits and maybe didn't play his best. Then he gets a start against Arkansas, plays pretty well. And then Tua goes down again, and we got to go to Auburn. Um, you know, coming off the Western Carolina game, he's got to start that game against a very good defense. And Mac really had two bad plays in that game, Unfortunately, they were for 14 points for Auburn. But the rest of that game, I mean, the guy showed me a lot of toughness, a lot of moxie, stood in in there, took hits, rebounded from those difficult plays, drove us down when we needed it. So got a lot of confidence there, and then went and played a a very good Michigan defense, um, very aggressive front, um, and did some nice things in that game. So that experience, I think, was very helpful for him. For Paul, getting A year just in the system as a freshman, um, that's huge for a guy. You know, just getting reps and, um, you know, when you're going through it as a young player, sometimes things don't make sense. In year two, it's like, oh, that's why we call this, that's why we call it that. So definitely through two days, seeing some improvement through him um, that we didn't quite see a year ago. With Bryce, I've been really impressed. You know, it was hard for him not having spring practice. But the guy definitely studies the game. He works at it. Um, He's got a great attention to detail. He has a really good feel for the game. And although it's only been two practices, which is not a lot, we haven't even put on pads yet, you see the natural passer in him. You see the natural feel for the game. Now, there's a lot of little things we have to build on. But I think you get a sense for us, at least of an idea of the type of player he's going to be for us. Going back to what Mike asked earlier about your your heart condition, just how much more aware are you of everything that's going on and, and being cautious with this virus? Well, I, I you know there's some pretty simple rules I think if we all just buy into, and that's all I've been trying to do. Um, life really isn't that difficult. Wear a mask, wash your hands, and watch your distance from the next person. At that point, if we can all just do those things, like my life is pretty comfortable. Um, I'm not one to go into really crowded places and have a bunch of people around me without masks on, and I don't know if they wash their hands. Um, I try to use hand sanitizer, wash my hands. I keep my mask on when I'm around other people. Um, you know, and even when I'm around the players, sometimes it's uncomfortable being on the field with the mask on, but I know it's the best thing for me and it's the best thing for them. So um, I, I don't know if this is a public service announcement or not, but I sure feel like if we all could just do that, things would be a lot simpler and a lot easier for all of us. Steve, there was an opportunity for you, I think, to potentially have another head coaching job you know, this offseason at Colorado. You decided to stay at Alabama. Just what went into that decision and, and just what you might have left to accomplish at Alabama? Sure. Um, you know, it's it's always flattering when people express interest in you. And I had, obviously, a couple schools um, that wanted to interview and have those discussions. But at the end of the day, this is a special place. And I came here for stability in my career. I was coming off of my two-year stint at Alabama. Um, I had already left Coach Saban once in 2016, and I just felt like the timing wasn't right. This is, he's been too good to me. Alabama's been too good to me. Um, I love these players. Uh, the administration's been tremendous. So all in all, we've got a lot left to accomplish. For me personally, um, this just felt like the right thing at the right time. This is where I'm supposed to be right now in my life. Uh, I'm with a really good mentor. I learn so much every single day. uh, And it's a joy coaching the players that I get to coach. So um, all in all, you know the decision, it's always a little difficult when you have to make a decision to be a head coach or not when you're an assistant. Um, But this one was probably a little easier than others just because of where we are. The University of Alabama is a special place. And we've got great players. uh, it's an awesome administration, tremendous fans, and um, we've got a chance to be pretty good this year and years to come. Kyle, go ahead. Hey, Steve, glad you're doing well. Um, Thank you. How fun is it to have a player like <clears throat> Jalen Waddle returning? I mean, rewinding to what he did against Auburn uh, last season, it's clear he's you know dynamic, one of the top players in all of college football, returning, and, and someone who needs the football as much as possible. Well, Jalen is a—he's a joy to coach. You know, the guy brings a bunch of energy every single day. Um, and you know, for us, especially me last year coming in, having rugs, having Judy, having Smitty, it was like, where do you get Jalen into the game? And then when he gets in the game, you know, maybe he's playing 10, 15 plays. How many times can you get him the ball? Um, and so now coming back with Smitty and Jalen, you feel a little bit more comforting and knowing there, you have more opportunities and you don't have to force it to them. It can get to them a little bit more organically or a little more naturally, um, but he's embracing it. Uh, I think he's excited about the challenge and the opportunity of being an every down player in our offense and not just a specialty player. Um, and then not to mention what he does on special teams. The guy was a game changer for us a year ago uh, from from a return game standpoint, but also forcing the bad kicks, forcing the block punts uh, because of there's so much concern for him. So he's got a lot of value on our team. The guy works his tail off. Um, and uh, I think he's excited. We're all excited for the season for him. Go to Aaron Settles next. Mark, you already asked about the offensive line and <laughs> the play calling philosophy, but Is it tempting when you have those big guys and all those great backs to just feed the running backs? And how does your philosophy, you know, how how does that, how do you combine that with how popular the RPO has been in your offense? Well, it's a good, it's a really good question, you know, because when we came a year ago, there was so much attention on Tua. There was so much attention on our wide receiver core um, and and deservingly so. not throwing the ball, sometimes you're almost remiss because those guys could create so many explosive plays. But I do feel at times, especially kind of in the middle of the season, we didn't control games maybe as good as we could have because it was like run out of necessity because we, could, we were so good at throwing it. You know, we're always striving for balance. Um, I think our ability to run the football in, got better in the second half of last season. It's something we definitely want to, to build upon uh, as, we, as we head into this year. Um, and maybe that, that pendulum swis- switches a little. Maybe people are so focused on our offensive line, maybe our backs are that good, that maybe now we will get some singled up coverage on the outside so the run game can set up some of the pass game stuff. Um, and then it's always week to week you know, where does the RPO fit in as opposed to when they are just called runs? And that's based a little bit on the schemes that we're seeing from the from the defense, the style of the defensive play caller. Um, but at the end of the day, the RPOs are a great weapon. And when you've got guys like Jalen Waddell, uh, Devontae Smith, who can catch the ball and score from anywhere, We always want to keep that fear in the defense's mind, but we sure like running the football and churning it out six, seven, eight yards at a time and then utilizing the play action pass to to, to create those big plays. We got time for a couple more. Uh, Chris Walsh, go ahead. Yeah, coach, um, I'm wondering if the playing 10 SEC teams in 11 weeks, if your approach changes at all with that and if you're disappointed at all that you're not getting a shot at USC. Well, you know, I I would say this, man. The SEC is the best conference in America. I mean, this is week in and week out. Uh, Playing 10 of these games is about as close as you can get to playing in the NFL. you got to bring your A game every week. And I think that's going to be the mental challenge for our players. Uh, There are no off weeks. You've got to bring your A game every week. There's tremendous coaches. There's tremendous players. And so there's going to be some challenges, you know, there's going to be some challenges with COVID and um, potentially a guy getting ruled out because of COVID or because of the contact tracing. So it's not just our frontline guys that need to be ready to play every week. It's going to be our second group and our third group are going to have to continually prepare to play because we're really going to never know whose number is going to get called. Yeah, just first real quick, uh, Chris asked about USC. I wonder if you had an answer for that one. Uh, you know, really, quite honestly, the, I don't know if there's a player left on the roster that I recruited. That That's always the thing for me. When you get a chance to play one of your former teams, uh, it's about the players because you recruit those kids and, and you want to see them do well. Um, so outside of that, there's really not many coaches and or players left. So it's, it's kind of like, I, I owe our own team uh, the best version of Steve Sarkeesian going into that game and in that game, and that would have been my focus uh, regardless. And also, just about the routine. I know at Alabama under Saban, it's a very routine, structured environment. How much has that changed with this the new protocols? And what's been the hardest thing to adjust to in these new uh, these new different times? You know. I actually think our protocols, I mean, obviously, our administration, our training staff, uh, our doctors, Jeff Allen, they've done a tremendous job of A, laying out the protocols for coaches, players, everybody on board, and B, doing a tremendous job of explaining to our players the whys. Um, and And I really think that fits our system here. It fits the way we operate. Um, we, do, uh, we do run a tight ship. Coach Saban runs a tight ship. It's very regimented. And so the regimented protocol kind of fits into what we're about. And I've, I've, I always feel like we kind of operate better that way. So I think it all kind of flows pretty seamlessly, pretty naturally right now.